I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. Hey, Mr Binks, you know there's been a lot of talk lately about pet theft reform and that the law hasn't been fair for you doggies in the event, my word, you were stolen, which I really don't want to think about. And now so much change has happened that there is now a pet abduction law that will be coming into legislation. That's why I'm delighted to be jumping on Zoom with Beverly Cuddy, who is one of the patrons of the Stolen and Missing Pets Alliance. Beverly Cuddy, welcome back to A Dog's Life. Oh, thank you for having me. No, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And it's very relevant because you're the patron of the Stolen and Missing Pets Alliance. Well, one of the patrons. There are a few of us. Um, Yes, there's many people now all joined together that are, um, well, we're overdue a big party, I think, because I think we've, we've, um, well, things have gone rather well. Well, yeah. So when you say things have gone rather well, there's been a big announcement, hasn't there, by government in line, really, I guess, with the animal welfare plan that they trumpeted was going to make us basically global leaders in animal welfare, wasn't it, Beverly? And they've taken really big steps in the last couple of weeks with a new pet abduction law that's aiming to basically, hopefully, prevent dog theft or to make the consequence of stealing a dog enough to make people think twice about it. Yeah, it's it's such a relief. After what has been years and years and years of petitions and debates where we've been trying to make them understand that dogs are so much more than possessions um, it, it's it's music to our ears that they're, they're all saying what we've been saying all along and it's, it's such a, a relief that they're finding even in these difficult times to, um, to put animal legislation at the top and realising that this is something that unites the nation. It makes them so much more popular on the doorsteps because it, it makes them seem a bit more human. They've, they, um, this is, could be the, one of the only positives to Brexit is that we can, we can, yes, we can suddenly become the nation of animal lovers that we always imagined we were. As you say, it, it's been a long time coming, this. I mean, I think lockdown brought attention to dog theft. I think people who maybe had never thought about it before realised it was a big issue because it was on, you know, 10 o'clock news. But it has been going on for a about 20 years hasn't it Beverly? Oh I, I, I think back at the beginning I was um, I, I was a, a reluctant person to, to admit that there was a problem. I thought it was all too easy when your dog was lost to imagine it was stolen rather than just missing um, um, but it was when um, Direct Line did the first Freedom of Information Act request and then a year later then the next one uh, where you suddenly started to see the figures that previously weren't available because dog theft wasn't categorised separately. It was only when you forced the issue and made all the police forces count through all the cases that you started seeing real figures. And you started to realise this was the top of the iceberg because anecdotally, we were hearing from people whose dogs had been definitely stolen. There was a reluctance to give it a crime reference number. 
So it took a while to acknowledge mm. that this was happening. And um, the problem was as soon as you acknowledged it was happening, it got publicity. And as soon as it got publicity, the criminals started thinking, oh, that's a good idea. And, <laughs> and, and they realised it was a very high value, low risk crime. And the more it was talked of, the more it happened. And it gradually went up and from being a petty criminal sort of spontaneous crime to actually being serious gangs of people making serious money. And it was much more organised and much more scary. And the criminals were, were quite frankly terrifying. And when um, people were doing investigations, they would, you know, gradually, everyone would acknowledge there was a problem. And you'd start to see investigators um, getting police cooperation and getting warrants to go into raid places and then having to reverse out because they've realised, actually, yes, this is a centre of pet theft, but there's, there's also some other very, very serious crimes going on in the same location. And they were finding that the places that were involved in pet theft were also involved in things like human slavery. And there was also armaments and explosives. And when these cases came to court, the dogs weren't mentioned because they were such petty crimes compared with all the other things these people were up to. But it was the fact that the dogs had been the, the thing that had indicated there was some criminality going on that had led them in there in the first place. So this really does need to be a crime that is is seen for what it is it's it's uh, attractive to very scary people and we really want them to yes you know unlikely that a, a stint in jail is going to sort them out but it, it may put them off doing it in the first place well yes well let's hope so because as you say you know dogs were just thrown in amongst general possessions up until well two weeks ago under the generic theft act of 1968 which you know life was very different wasn't it well in 1968. <laughs> <laughs> well I think that's the thing yeah dogs had different names they didn't usually sit on the sofa or share our, our bedroom and mm. dogs, the dog life has changed beyond recognition. The dog is now very definitely the centre of our family. And they've got the most popular human names. They, the, the emotional attachment that we acknowledge we have is, is probably closer than many of our blood relatives. Certainly when we lose one, I mean, the, 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 the evidence is there. The, the grief we experience is very much more acute because this is our 24 seven um, best made. And it's, um, it's, it's fantastic that the law is finally waking up and government is finally recognizing what they themselves know because these MPs are, are not, not pet lovers. They, they, they've just been a little bit stiff up a lip about admitting it that actually we do love these dogs and we do need to protect them. And, um, I think that's what's quite reassuring is that probably 15 years ago, we would never have seen MPs being soppy about this and being the same as us. Now it's acceptable to talk about the love we have for our pets. And, um, you know, long may it continue that we acknowledge them for the incredible contribution they've made to everybody's mental health during this lockdown and that they're rewarded by being a higher status than they had previously where they were just mere chattel and it's um it's it's really demeaning isn't it it's, i 
have said before that this is like like a revolution that with that we've had in other ways for the legal things like um it was ginsburg in america who who tackled sex discrimination in the law and it, it was seen as far too big for anybody to start disassembling all the mentions in all the various laws that that demeaned the woman in in the law the same is true for our current legislation and dogs we're going to have to unpick so many bits of legislation where the dog is just a thing and mm. yeah, it so obviously isn't well, it so obviously isn't. And maybe that is one of the silver linings of the pandemic in a way, you know, and the rise of dog ownership that brought dogs to the media's attention because it was so extraordinary what happened to the pandemic puppy boom. But yes, I, I you know, I so agree. But it, it still took, I think, Sir Ian Duncan Smith to grab the steering wheel and um, bring in the pet theft reform group, didn't he? Beverly. It was so true. And it was so brilliant that you had him on your podcast because it really did. Um, we went up a gear after that. I think he really, really got his teeth stuck into this. And <laughs> he said so many things in, in Parliament that had us all going, oh, how, how refreshing to hear someone saying something so sensible about dogs. And he, he really has sorted it all out I, I, it was yeah. one of those things where very just, quick oh, wasn't yeah. it yeah, it's just like oh well that's obviously wrong let's go and sort that out and um and all of a sudden here we are and um Debbie Matthews um lesser I mean 15 20 years of banging on the door getting just kept saying the same thing that microchips are, are completely just not working can we can we sort this out all of a sudden what seemed impossible is now possible. And there's, there's more and more things that are coming out all the time that make you think, this is actually quite a deep clean. This is, this is not just, oh, let's just, you know, pat them on the head and, and make these crazy dog people stop, stop sending us emails. This was actually somebody having a good go at sorting things out. So, um, yeah, well done. So if he wasn't already a sir, I think we'd be campaigning for him to be one. We yeah. would. I think we would. <laughs> you know, and that was so lovely to hear him talk about, you know, his his genuine love of dogs oh. as well. You know, and we all know Boris and Carrie, of course, are massive mm. dog lovers. So it is it is great. But, you know, what interests me as well is that they're calling it pet abduction because yes. that word implies sentience doesn't it Beverly? Yes. and that's the big thing will we really be labeling now all animals as being sentient I know you believe they are I know I believe they are and hopefully all of our listeners do but that's a massive step isn't it um yes only yes. because I read this article in country life and it was a moan by a lobster farmer okay mm that goes, well, what am I going to do if lobsters are now going to be considered sentient beings? You know, I'm going to go out of business. Now, I'm a vegetarian, so I, I don't eat a lobster. But mm -hmm. I suppose if I were a lobster farmer, I could see his point. So where, you know, what do you think about the, the sentience and has the abduction word brought this to a head? I think there's always a danger that the politicians fear it's a slippery slope because if they become, if they if they push the boundaries, then the, the people that they don't like offending are the fishermen. 
because there are a lot of people who go fishing. Mm. And it, it's one of those sports, allegedly sports, that um, it's just too big a chunk of society to, um, to, to, to upset. And I think this is where, where animals are food. MPs are a really sort of, there are some dog issues that, again, take them into an area where they go, is it going to be a vote loser? And, 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 and that's where the reality of politicians becomes, you know, in focus because they have to be elected next time. Mm. So they, they'll go so far, but there's a step too far where they'll go, no, I lose more people than I, than I gain and they won't do it. In a few years, maybe in a decade, it will, it will have changed significantly. And the, another when they do their polling, they'll find that there aren't that many people who take, take joy out of killing any, anything and we'll have, we'll have moved on. But that's the problem is it's, it's the traditionalists that it's certainly difficult for a conservative government that not so long ago was protecting um, fox hunting. So um, yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? <laughs> it is a tricky one. And I suppose the tricky one is with breed specific legislation, you know, an issue that's um, you know, close to my heart because I do love the bull breeds. When that was up for debate in Parliament just about a month ago, no one turned up or two oh. MPs turned up, didn't they? And, you know, and then this whole point of animal welfare leading the way, you know, on that subject, I'd say we're yeah. quite behind I think it's so difficult because when we've seen some politicians really throw themselves into this issue, get really deep into it, and they understand the injustice of everything, they, they become quite passionate about it and they, they really, really want some progress. But then you get the, the fact that no one turns up for these debates. Whereas if it's a pet issue where it's, 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 you know, it's all going to be positive on the doorstep, they're, they're all there. But the fear is, it's a bit like musical chairs. They don't want to be the ones sitting down when they change the legislation on dangerous dogs in case the next day there is a, a bite. Mm. And then they will forever be blamed. That's how they see it. Even though they know that the legislation is not, well, not tangibly improved any statistics on biting or controlling of population of those restricted breeds we've had a huge population explosion since we made it the law to neuter them i mean it really has been the most ineffective legislation no matter how you you judge it yes. but it's 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 a huge thing to be the person that lifts it um because it will please the people who understand the issue but the people who maybe only read the headline won't understand that this was never never a good piece of legislation it was always knee-jerk and it was always misinformed completely it just makes no sense whatsoever mm, but no. um it's so difficult to get it's someone who's prepared to front the charge to to change it yes i think it's going to be a very a very long wait for us to get rid of that legislation and it's just so unfair yeah. I, I saw saw today on social media some lovely photos of one of the most famous, um, ridiculous pitbull cases of the, if you remember, Sapphire was one of the beautiful Staffordshire Bull Terriers that for some reason has been classified as a pitbull, 
DNA has proved the dog is a Staffordshire Terrier. Her puppies were, when in rescue, were deemed not to be type and to be Staffordshire Terriers, but she has lived her whole life wearing a muzzle and not being able to be off lead. And um, I, the dog is now an elderly dog. Never had a behaviour problem in the, in the dog's life. And it was um, so lovely to see photos of the dog without its muzzle on in a, a special wood that dogs um, can hire where owners and dogs can be alone and it can be construed as a, not a public place and the dog could just be a dog. And you think, uh -huh. oh, what a life of totally pointlessness of muzzling a dog that's passed a temperament test that has never hurt anybody ever. I mean, it's, it's, it's it, but that, that's the thing is that you can convince each individual MP of how needy this legislation is of being thrown out, but they're going to still have someone whispering in their ear, this is a disaster from a polling point of view. Yeah, no, exactly that, exactly that. But yeah, I know it is, oh, it is, oh, I know, I do remember Sapphire and, you know, her story breaks everyone's heart. It's so wrong. That said, there's been lots of positive steps to encourage landlords to be more pet friendly as well, you know, so that's another yay for the government at the moment. And um, definitely, I would say a vote winner. Yes, Jasmine's law, I think, is just wonderful. Because uh, that's come from, um, it's not been government policy, but it's been absorbed into it, which is nice to see initiatives um, being rewarded. Um, I, I forgot his name, but the lovely MP that brought that in. Andrew well, Rossendale, yes. yes. <laughs> I remember him as a young man with campaigning with his Staffordshire Terrier that was wearing a Union Jack coat. And I, I remember seeing him as a sort of fresh-faced young politician. And here he is, all grown up, actually getting laws passed. I just think it's fantastic. Yeah. There's a, a love of dogs that's been lifelong. And um, really, that's why people go into politics, is to make a tangible difference. And landlords not being automatically anti-dog will make a huge difference. And I, I just think, yeah, well, he, he he's on my list for people who deserve some sort of award. And we, we're actually doing a, a, an award. Um, actually, I, I think you've been nominated, Anna, actually. Emily, I think I have. And it was, um, <laughs> most, it was a most big surprise, I can <laughs> say. Um, I know. What have I nominated for? What have I done? I'm not sure anything. Oh, <laughs> it, it, this is the Bark Mark Social Media Awards for people who speak up for dogs. And there's a, a politicians category, which is hotly contested this year because, I bet. It, yeah, that there are all that you know, so many to choose between. But yeah, <laughs> Andrew's Andrew's up there. Oh, um, great! And um, this podcast is in the in the final for the top dog post podcast of the year. So uh, we, oh. we, we've had um, sections for every every different sort of um, like media vets. We've oh. We've had such fun, um, but there's been a, a panel assessing all the nominations and um, getting it down to a short list was, um, well, it's been great fun. And, Gosh, it, and when you say <laughs> we, is this Dogs Today or is this it, Tailwise? It's, it's, a, it's a joint venture between Dogs Today and Tailwise. So to, it's um, the idea is this bark mark. First of all, we'll go for people in the, in the, in the social media sphere because we've created a, a something called the bark mark social media club on um facebook where everyone who uses their voice for dogs can just have a you know, it's a place to hang out and sort of 
tell each other what you're up to so we can all help each other. So because everybody has got so many great campaigns going, it's just nice for everybody to have a bit of moral support and say, well, you know, help me on this one. Um, like there's a, a fantastic push going to get rid of oh my dogs are going to bark now how embarrassing don't worry we love sound effects oh, gosh yes <laughs> it doesn't go on for too long but um yes i'm giving the dog a, a very cold stare to, oh no <laughs> that didn't work who, who is barking um is it a beardy no oh, i've lost no. touch in uh, as to what dogs I, you've got at the moment beverly i have a um in front of me who i'm going to going to pick up so it doesn't bark anymore is a little cocker spaniel who's six months old called Aww. honey and um she this is the problem is i work at every day on tailwise i zoom call breeders to assess whether or not they're they're doing a good job or not and that means of course that i actually see a huge number of puppies and really i i, I need somebody to um look over my shoulder and just say put the blinkers on now stop looking at puppies <laughs> it is the most Oh, it's so difficult just to go. Yes, I, I could end up with a menagerie of millions of them because I just fall in love with them all. But this one had a broken tail, so oh. I felt sorry for her. So, um, and then, um, yes, I don't know. She's um, wormed her way in and now is um, a feature on nearly every Zoom I do because she barks. Then I have to pick her up and people go, oh, that's, what's that? And I go, it's a cocker spaniel. Don't get one of these because they're very, very... <laughs> energetic <laughs> is she a working type beverly well, she allegedly was a show type right she, nobody's told her so she's already <laughs> um as a vegetarian you'd be absolutely horrified of what she gets up to in the garden but she's already managed to find a poor bird and 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 bring it to me as if she was on the front cover of shooting times and i'm going i didn't want you to do this don't do this please <laughs> um you know I, i'm presuming it had died of old age or something because i can't imagine that she's um yeah she's far too small to have done any damage to a bird but oh no don't uh, worry i mean i'm quite sort of you know um resigned <laughs> to this as i've got a cat who thinks he's a leopard oh. so um when he was a bit younger some of the stories i can tell you when i was in buckinghamshire he he had a penchant for the baby bunny in baby bunny season and once I came home and uh, found four baby bunnies oh. in my bath Beverly oh alive, oh, alive. Um, Thank jumping around um, <laughs> I don't know what what he was thinking putting them in the bath saving them for later or something absolutely oh. extraordinary and so I had to take them all back to the field and <laughs> I'm not sure they survived you know it was a pretty traumatic experience oh, for them yeah. but then other things gosh I mean you know it, we could go on he, he liked ducks but Ooh. we won't yeah I know um yes, anyway I, I i think this is a bit of a theme <laughs> i i had a working springer spaniel before this who um when my kids were growing up um i'd get their friends from school coming and say uh, um kieran's mom your um your doggy seems to be very hurt um they're, they're covered in blood and I'd, I'd just draw the curtains and go and dispose of another body and um <laughs> it was just like yeah, the dog was fed every day. It did not need to do this carnage, but it 
it's hardwired in some dogs. And it is. This, well, this is it. And cats especially, you know, well, and some cats, not all cats were as bad as Gremlin when he brought a grass mm. snake up from the field that oh, caused oh. a bit of a health and safety massive dilemma in the village. Um, oh, no one yes. had ever seen one that big before. And I was <laughs> thinking, really? Oh, that's interesting. Gremlin. Yes, but it was a grass snake only, but it was absolutely enormous. And, and no one had seen a snake this big and all sorts of things um, he used to do, to be honest with you. Um, but he is a good ratter and that is useful, you know. It's, yes. it's very useful sometimes in London. But lots of good things is happening. Um, I'm loving the, the the Bart Marks. I mean, what a great <laughs> name. That's such a great name, Beverly. Oh, I, I do like my puns. So and, I and, uh, I, I'm always surprised that after 30 years of writing a magazine, we, we can still come up with a headline. We sort of go, oh, I've never thought of that before. But um, <laughs> but it, it does. Um, yes, I hope hope the readers don't groan too many times on me. They might appalling puns, but uh, dogs do seem to sort of uh, why they lean towards it. There's so many wonderful uh, things you can play with but, oh no um but I, i'm looking we it's going to be a few more weeks before we reveal the the finder so i've given you a bit of an exclusive there so yeah. <laughs> wow i can't wait i mean i'm going to watch this now like a hawk so gosh it's great to be award nominated Ooh. that's cheered me up and prudence is now sitting up here as well so both our Aww. dogs are now ruling the podcast <laughs> which Aww. is how it should be Aww. oh no beverly fantastic so just to recap then on the pet abduction law what are the consequences going to be for villains if they steal your pooch well i i think what they've done is they've just they've done what we thought it should have been in the first place because the maximum sentence under the theft act is seven years but dogs were never able to qualify because for that you'd have to have a dog with a value that's worth about half a million pounds and there needed to be violence involved in the, in the attack for it to ever be the top tariff. So all they've done is they've said, it is the most heinous thing that can ever happen. You still, of all the things in your, in your universe, um, a pet is the worst thing that could be stolen. So if you steal someone's dog, it's the equivalent of, of doing a bank job where you actually hold people up, um, you know, and, and frighten the life out of them so that they uh, have nightmares forever. So, they yeah, just very Quentin Tarantino, Beverly yes. doing a Quentin Tarantino moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's making it as serious as it should be. And, and the fact is, seven years might be the maximum. Reality, nobody ever gets the top tariff. So, but it, it, it means that judges have now got a clear signal that this is a serious offence and that the, the policemen, bless them, who were really broken hearted that they weren't allowed to investigate these things because you know if if it was only the same of having a mobile phone stolen you know they, they couldn't really justify huge investigations into these crimes so now they can treat these as the the devastating crime that they are and and use the full force of the law so it, it's 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 good news for the copper on the beat who hated bringing the news to the the, the, the person who maybe never have had any brush with the, the law before they and been been horrified at how totally impotent everybody was when their pet was stolen now that they're, they're going to be properly supported so um i'm sure there'll be more things we'll need them to do in the future but but we're still still getting over the shock of actually getting what we asked for <laughs> 
It's fantastic, isn't it? Well, gosh, you know, I guess Stolen and Missing Pets Alliance will carry on working. So no doubt thefts are going to still happen, right? But it's all just going to be easier, as you say, for the police to get involved. The consequences are there. So hopefully people will stop or thefts will slow down at least and and certainly not be as violent as they became during lockdown. Yes, I I think there's precedent um, because when the the government changed the things, the law on stolen metal, so scrap metal. They made it a separate offence, and it's, it was a dramatic decrease in people stealing the the, the metal from um, railway lines and church roofs and things, because uh, it had been horribly disruptive that overnight people would steal the railway tracks, and and it, the devastation that was caused by that was enormous. Because, you know, the disruption of people not being able to get to work the next day. So um, that specific law changed the criminal's perception of that crime. And it was no longer worth the risk. And we're just hoping that all the criminals hear that the government has changed the law. And that they, they, that them, <laughs> when they go out tomorrow and they were thinking I might steal a few dogs today, they'll go, well, perhaps I'll do something else illegal instead. And uh, yes. you know, <laughs> as long as it's you know, nobody gets hurt, that rather that they find another crime that leaves the pets alone, thank you, because that, it did destroy people's lives. It was awful. So no, dreadful. I, I couldn't imagine the suffering um, to a human that that would have caused, to be honest. So, um, you know, well done, Sir Ian Duncan Smith, for really suddenly taking it into the fast lane. And um, yes. and, and and the dogs are now really barking, Beverly. I don't know what's happening here. We've yeah, got sound effects galore. We're celebrating. Uh, yes, Sir Ian is in for um, the, the politician of the year. He's also in for man of the year, man dog's best friend because um, along with along with the man who paid for pen farthing's plane because we think the person the one person who paid for the plane actually deserves a bit of a pat on the back doesn't so it, did really? one person actually pay for the plane oh, i wondered yes. about that, the funding of the big plane <laughs> yeah. um because obviously pen the operation arc raised what three hundred and fifty thousand yeah. beverly i think it was around that but there was um, Dominic Dyer did a um, a post where he put a photograph of this chap and he funded the plane. So that the money has probably been to help with um, probably getting this, looking after the dogs now when they're in, in Britain. Um, but I, I, I'm sure that were lots of expenses needed to be covered. But there was one man who paid for the plane um, uh, and it was a foundation. And I think it's a foundation that then makes films as well. So it may be that there's a film coming. (laughs) Well, I heard on Sunday a bit of a scoop. There's a book coming, as I met um, an agent who's handling it. And apparently Penn has had five book offers already. Well, it's been the hottest topic on social media. Yeah, which actor is going to play Pen in, in the movie? Because there's got to be a movie. Um, and, and there's, you know, people are saying maybe Daniel Craig would be quite good. Or, oh, um, yes. Or, 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 or Mr. Hiddleston uh, has got the, the floppy hair and, mm. and is very posh. And I think that's, in a way, you need a sort of proper English gent, don't you, that's sort of uh, in the middle of all this crisis, who's 
um, you know, it'll probably have to be an X rated just for the language. Though. <laughs> yeah, probably, definitely. I would agree on that. We'll have to see who plays Pen Farthing. And uh, I can't wait. It's bound to happen, isn't it, Beverly? But, you know, on the other side of the coin, of course, the American operation, you know, the Kabul Small Animal Rescue uh, Centre, they're all still out there, I believe. Yes, absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, the, the idea of them all being in their crates and then being let out and them having to scatter food for them. It's, that's just devastating. It really is. Um, I just, you know, in a way, if there is a movie, I think it should show the whole, the whole sorry issue of, of um, all, all the people desperate to, to, to escape and, and as well as the animals. It's just, um, oh, it's just unbelievable, really, the the, the and but it's just such great news now that all the all Penn's staff have got out and that they're they're on their way back to Britain. It's just um, you know, it really I think the stories to be told there. Um I was I was watching a few people that I know that have gone out before and worked as bodyguards and various other things for people in Afghanistan and a lot of them seem to suddenly go on holiday. I was just wondering if if there was a special um a special evacuation um, because getting that many people across the, across the country and out through Pakistan that must have that in itself is a book I'm, just, I'm sure because well, uh, yeah I yeah I mean you know all the people all the heat the lack of transport I mean how do you do it I mean the rough yeah. terrain and you know um, just mayhem as well I, yes. you know it must have been really scary I think for the dogs to be honest and yeah. uh, sensing everyone's cortisol levels flying around you know but yes I really hope the American dogs do make it back to safe soil as well well let's stay in touch Beverly and have an update on it all and um particularly about you know these awards upcoming as well <laughs> oh, well we've as well as rewarding the good there there is also an award for the politician who's been in the doghouse this year for the one that's <laughs> least friendly towards dogs and there's no prizes for guessing who's who's in the running for that at the moment but uh, yes but i'm sure i'm sure most of them are very positive all the awards but there's um Yes, the odd, the odd grumble. Yes, the dogs are agreeing. Yes, the dogs yes. are agreeing. The dogs are <laughs> just being so naughty today for this no. podcast. But we love sound effects. And yes. Um, yes, well, Beverly, on that note, let's sign off with a woof woof. Yes, a bark mark. <laughs> bark bark woof woof. Speak soon. Thanks, <laughs> Well, Mr. Binks, that's our show. What did you think? Yes, I know. It is great news that hopefully will make criminals think twice about stealing a little doggy like you. And what's that? Yes, you're right. It is time for Woof of the Week. As we've seen, when we've changed dog status from chattel to beings, it's enabled us to define the crime from theft to abduction. Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks again to Beverly Cuddy for joining us today. Links to Beverly will be in the show notes. And of course, thank you to Mike Hansen, my producer. You can find out more about him at Pod People UK. And for me, I'm at Anna Webb Dogs. 
What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, we will be back in your feed next Sunday. So the thing is, why don't you subscribe now? And that means you'll never miss another show. Bye for now. Thank you.